Bless the Lord. Sometimes as I uh, move through the a service, a time of worship, and uh, maybe this happens to every person assigned the task to, to preach God's Word, uh, as sure as you can be about the direction God has been leading you through the week, sometimes the, as the Spirit moves and leads in the service, you just tend to think to yourself, I don't, I don't know, am I on track or not? Some of you may, more than the message this morning, you may just need to hear that. Will you go with him? Will you go? Will you, will you say, here am I, Lord, send me? What's, what's he been dealing with you about? Is there something you know he's had his thumb in your back on, maybe for a long time? Uh, some of you have settled some things like that lately. And, uh, and you're walking right now, presently, today, in the joy of knowing that as... Uh, uh, one of the old songs we used to sing, I have settled the question, hallelujah. I will never turn back from the narrow way. I am going through with Jesus, hallelujah, till I reach the gates of glory. Some sweet day, it's settled and it's done. But maybe you're here this morning and the Spirit would just like to help you answer that question. Will you go? Will you do what He's asking you to do? Just want to let that... Uh, Sit with us for a few moments this morning. And as you're doing that, I'd just invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I've been, I've been wrestling with this thought uh, all week. I know it has something. It's, in some ways, it's tied to uh, our calendar and the holiday we've just settled. But uh, this, this thought, freedom in America is good. And it is good, amen? We're thankful for it. But freedom in Christ is better. It's better. And uh, one of the things I'm always concerned about is that in, in, in this great land that we live in, that uh, so many patriots and soldiers have and continue to, to, to serve and to fight for, it has come at a great price. Our freedom is a precious, precious thing. And anybody who's traveled outside the boundaries of this country to any, just about any other part of the world, you know how special it really is. How different things are in other parts of the world. We grow up here and we get insulated to think that this is how it is everywhere. And it's not. But what a great privilege we have. What a wonderful freedom we enjoy. Let's be faithful to pray for those in as the Bible instructs us, those in authority, those in leadership, those who are serving, and, uh, and may it not be on our lips. There's, there's plenty of people, there are people who get paid big money to criticize and to, and to tear down and to, and to pick apart and, and abuse uh, those who have, who have been willing to step up and who the Bible says God has put into. Uh, in our family devotions last night, we, we talked about this, that Everyone, whether I agree with them or not, the Bible says that God has put people in places of authority. And we should honor them and show respect and pray for them because He has a step. All authority comes under His Lordship on planet Earth. Do you understand how that works? There's no, there's no authority above His. He has all authority. But let us be a people who truly understand what freedom means and the price that was paid to purchase it for us and the responsibility that comes to us 
because of that. And God will honor that and God will bless us for honoring His Word. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, we find these words. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And I have often talked to individuals who, who want to uh, support a doctrine that says it, it's a one and done forever no matter what sort of thing. That there wouldn't be statements like this in the Bible about don't go back. Don't be entangled again in sin. Don't fall back into that. Don't be put back under bondage again if it weren't possible. There wouldn't be those warnings. And there's, there are more, many times that, that we're warned about this. Don't be entangled again. You've been set free. You've been delivered. Uh, a dear brother in the Lord uh, uh, and, and a, a pastor here in our community uh, wrote some words this past week uh, related in some ways to the holiday, and I, th- I thought they were so good. I, if, you, if you get the paper, you may have already read it, but if you didn't, uh, I want to share some of that with you this morning. Uh, brother Calvin Morpula, said, On July 4th, we celebrated... 243 years of independence as a free country. The love of our country brings goosebumps and misty eyes when we sing songs like God Bless America and America the Beautiful. We thank God for our freedom from foreign domination, from tyranny, taxation without representation, and and oppression. Only one in 20 people, think about it, only one in 20 people is fortunate to be born in the United States of America. Have you ever thought about that? Why was I born here? All the other places around the world. How, what, an, just what an honor that I was chosen to be born here in this land. One in 20. Only one in 20 have experienced that. Here we enjoy inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In spite of its faults, our nation is still one of the greatest places on earth to live. Freedom is never free. We are free because others sacrifice their lives to obtain and preserve our freedom. Spiritual freedom from sin, guilt, and fear is not free either. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus of Nazareth, to die as a sacrifice on our behalf. Even though He was sinless, He deliberately and voluntarily took upon Himself our sins or disobedience to God, so that we can be totally and completely forgiven. Because of His powerful resurrection from the dead, Jesus destroys the power of the devil and gives us peace with God and eternal life through our faith in Him. Freedom brings responsibilities. We are freed from the guilt and consequences of sin so that we can serve God with a clean, pure heart and a good conscience. We use our freedom in Christ to serve one another in love. We defend our freedom in Christ by standing firm in obedience to the Lord. We do not use our freedom as a cloak of wickedness. Neither do we allow human lawmakers to impose on us their man-made traditions and restrictions that would rob us of our freedoms in Christ. A powerful statement. We would serve 
the Lord. At the end of the day, I'm thankful that I'm a citizen of this great land, but far above and beyond that, my citizenship is in heaven. I'm a foreigner. I'm a stranger in this land. I'm just passing through. One day I will be home, but I'm not home yet. Our, our teens have heard this from me uh, in different times. It affected me when I was their age, and it has ever since. Uh, I, I walked through a tragedy that had taken place at a youth Bible study about uh, oh, 20 years ago. And it, everybody was trying to make sense of such a senseless act. A young, a young man, very disturbed, walked into a teen Bible study with a gun and killed four young people in that Bible study. And when tragedies like that make no sense to us, it causes you to look for an explanation, even when you know there's not really a good one. But the best one came through the lyrics of a songwriter who showed up and, and greatly ministered to so many people during that tragedy. And the words were simply these, We are not home yet. We are not home yet. Keep on looking ahead. Let your heart not forget. We are not home yet. But we're going to be one of these days. He has set us free from the law of sin and death. He has set us free to be the people that He wants us to be, even in the midst of a falling, fallen and broken world. Listen to what the Bible says about this wonderful word of freedom. Psalm 119, verse 45. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought your precepts. John 8, 36 so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. 1 Corinthians 6.12 Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, we have a responsibility with our freedom. We're not just free to just do anything and everything we want. We have a responsibility of love to those around us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom. Galatians 3.22 But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised being given through faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. We were once prisoners. Many of you could testify to this. You, you know what it was, and, and Paul speaks of that. The, the very things you knew you, you shouldn't do, you found yourself doing. You were, there was a war going on inside of you. And maybe other people realized it and maybe they didn't. But you knew that there was a great battle going on there. And especially if you were, if you were raised in the church and you constantly had these, these words and these images and these examples before you of, uh, of what it meant to walk in freedom and newness of life in Christ, there would be this, this great opposition set up in our lives. How, how, do I, how do I change gears? How do I become what, what I see others talking about or I see others living or what I find in the pages of the Bible? We were a prisoner to sin, but Christ, through His work on the cross, set us free. He defeated the power of sin. Praise His name. Galatians 5.1, we've already read it this morning. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. A little later in Galatians, verses 13 and 14, 
You, my brothers, were called to be free, but not to use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather to serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ephesians 3.12 In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Praise the Lord. Romans 6.22 But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. You want to know the will of God? That's, that's the will of God. That you live a holy life and that you inherit eternal life. That's His plan. That's His will for you. It's not a great mystery. He hasn't hid it from us so that we can't find it or can't discover it. Live a holy life and inherit eternal life forever. In 1 Peter 2, 16, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom to cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. Freedom. Freedom. There, there, there may not be another word in the English language quite so sweet. If, if there is, maybe the next one would be love or hope or home. Maybe those would be close. But freedom is one of those precious words. If you've ever been in any type of situation that threatened your freedom or that took your freedom away in any way, shape, or form, you know how precious it is to be free. I, I, one, of the, one of the ways that I encounter people in bondage quite often, it's not something that I don't know that we readily think about until we've experienced it or until we've lived through it, but is with our health. It, it's amazing how, how much of a prison people can feel like they're in when their health prevents them from living a free life. Pain or being in a hospital, being sick and at home and can't, you, you just can't go, you just can't do, the, the, they're not free. There's a bondage that is related to it. And sometimes that's more difficult than the actual physical problem they're going through. That lack of freedom. Our founding fathers here in this great land believe that freedom was one of the greatest words in all of the English language. They loved the word and perhaps even more they loved the idea of freedom. They loved it so much that history records they pledged their lives their fortunes, and their sacred honor to help achieve it for this nation. Those 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, oftentimes it doesn't get taught, uh, I don't think, at least my public school experience, it doesn't, didn't get taught uh, to the degree I, I wish it had, but I didn't understand for the longest time that those 56 men weren't just doing something courageous, weren't just doing something noble, they were doing something that literally put their life on the line. When they signed that, even before they signed that declaration, they were under penalty of death. And as Ben Franklin so famously stated after they voted for independence, we shall now all hang together or we shall surely all hang separately. He wasn't just making a clever statement. It was literal truth. The Declaration of Independence suffered through threats, imprisonment, even torture for freedom. 
all because these founding fathers, as we've come to call them, found a cause for which it was worth sacrificing their lives. Now, we could, we could go down the list and argue about who had noble characteristics or whatever, but their act of declaring independence for the cause of freedom was certainly can't be denied. The cause in their day was gaining liberty from the tyranny of King George III. He had set up a system in the colonies here in this country that had multiple restrictions. The rights and governance that, that our founders decided had to be broken. It was not a free society. And I, am for one, am glad they saw it that way. Have you ever thought to yourself, what, what would it be like if there hadn't been a 4th of July? A day when a decision was made that we will be a free people. The, the arc of history looks so different upon the scene of the world if you take that, that moment away. For other countries, it, it's, it's, it's a different story and some of them have their own Independence Day stories as well. Here's the greater question for us this morning, because freedom in America is good, but freedom in Christ is so much better and so much more necessary. It's one of the things that I, I would say as well that I think we really need to guard. It's a good thing to be a loyal patriot, but that had better never supersede our loyalty and faithfulness to God Almighty. We had better always keep those priorities in line. And I'm afraid there's, there are too many in our day who have gotten them confused. They would sooner lay down their life for their country than they would for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They would sooner take up arms against a nation wanting to invade and attack us than they would answer the call of God to go and minister to souls on the other side of the world. And not that there's anything that isn't noble about being willing to sacrifice for the freedom of others. We just need to make sure we have our priorities in the right line. This nation, as great as it is, one day will pass away. I don't know how, I don't know when, but one day it will. As wonderful and beautiful and great as it is, and as thankful as I am for it, and as willing as I would be to sacrifice for it so that my kids could continue to grow up in a free nation, it will pass away. But the Word of God and eternal life will never pass away. So there is where our loyalties ought to be above all else. We celebrate, and we have celebrated, Independence Day this year uh, just a couple of days ago. I wonder, though, have you had an Independence Day? A personal one. You may live in a free land, but are you really free? As I said earlier, our... Are you living in a free land, but there's still a war going on inside of you? I've literally sat and looked eye to eye with men who were stuck in prison. 23 and a half hours a day, they were in, locked in a cell. Had, had no freedoms whatsoever, the way we might define freedoms. But they were freer than some people I've met walking the streets. Because they had come to a personal relationship with the Lord, been forgiven of their sins, and though they were behind bars, though they were locked in a cell, they were free. They were forgiven. They knew that they had a home in heaven. And there was a beauty uh, that I, I can't even quite describe to you. 
And then at the same time, a great sadness when I would think in my mind, I could walk out of here and meet some people on the streets who don't enjoy the kind of freedom that you're experiencing right now locked inside this jail cell. It's amazing. Are you free? Are you really free? He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and, and remember, we're encouraged, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We need a personal independence day. We need a, a moment in time where we have been set free. But we also need to strive to remain free and not be entangled again. Why is this so difficult at times? It's difficult at times because we have an enemy. The Bible says that Satan in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If nature teaches us anything, those who have the greater tendency of being picked off are the ones who try to go solo and drift off away from the group. The law of the jungles, you see that played out all the times. The, weak one, the weaker ones, the slower ones, are the ones who drift away from the group. They're the most vulnerable. It's why this is a good thing for us. When we keep it in right focus and we keep it in right perspective, being together as the family of God, having that mutual encouragement, having that support, that network of people who will pray for us and encourage us and, and love us and be there when, when we are weak and help us out and be the hands and feet of Jesus in our life. We need that. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for us. Satan, you see, though, devours freedom. He enslaves to habits and attitudes that destroy peace and destroy joy in our lives. He deceives us into thinking that, that we know best with our lives. It's the only trick he's ever had. It's the only lie he's ever been able to tell and ever will tell anybody is that ultimately you know better than God. You won't surely die if you eat from that tree. And in some way, form, or another, it's been the same Story he's been trying to tell every single person ever since. He deceives us into thinking that we know best with our own lives. When in reality, we can wind up just being puppets on his string. Do you have a personal independence day? Can you remember that moment in time? I, I know some people question whether or not children who are very young can come to know the Lord in a real and significant and meaningful way. When I hear that, all I, all I can say is my testimony is, is like the man who was, uh, his eyes were opened from blindness. All I know is that once I was blind, but now I see. All I know is that as a five-year-old sitting in a little Baptist church in Monticello, Kentucky... I felt the convicting power of God. I knew that I needed a Savior. I knew that Christ was offering me forgiveness. And I did not want to leave that place without knowing in my heart that I was forgiven. And all was well between me and my relationship with the Lord. I didn't know anything more than that. And as a five-year-old boy, I remember so well. And I... I can go right, I, just thinking about it, I can go right back. It's never dimmed. The experience has never dimmed, and, and so it's why. And maybe some would say I'm wrong, but 
but with, with our young people, I, I, tend, I tend to call them to task. If you, can't, if you can't point to a moment when you know that the Spirit of God was compelling you and calling you to Himself, and you surrendered and you said yes, if that wasn't a crisis experience, if that wasn't a moment in your heart that you can look back and say, I know when I settled it, I know when I, I laid that down, when I surrendered to Him, when I gave Him my life and He saved me, if you can't identify that, I wonder, and I'm nobody's judge, but tell me, what actually happened? What actually happened? It, 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 it seems funny to me that if, if we have someone do something great and noble for us in this life, in the temporal sense, we have instant recall. Boy, I can remember when that person went above and beyond for me. I can remember when they sacrificed for me. I can remember. Well, if, if we can remember that, how much more should we be able to remember when we settled it between us and the Lord for our eternity? Not just for a temporal moment, not just when somebody came to our aid in a moment of need, but when we acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for our sins and set us free. We ought to be able to nail it down. The Bible uh, says, describes it this way in, first, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You can't get it anywhere else. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can have our sins forgiven and our freedom purchased through His name and His faithful work on the cross. There is no other way. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Praise His name. But there is no need of any other way. He's all that we need. He's faithful. Much like the American Revolution for Independence, Jesus Christ came to our rescue and set us free from our oppressor. He pledged His life and paid the ultimate price for our release from captivity. But sometimes, sometimes we're guilty of falling back. Enticed by the world, tempted by those around us to go back to that tyranny, to go back to that dominating and dominion that Satan once had over us. We, we take our freedom for granted and therein lies the grave danger of forgetting this life-altering promise from God's Word. The message renders it this way. We've heard it a couple of times already. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Can you imagine how pathetic it would be if we as a nation voluntarily said, you know what, this freedom thing has been overrated. We're just going to relinquish all that. We're going to turn ourselves back over to the British. We would like for them to once again be our rulers and have dominion over this whole land. What a shame. What a dishonor it would be to those who have sacrificed and everything that has been done over the last 243 years. But how much more pathetic would it be 
if we voluntarily relinquish the freedom that has been granted to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, if we voluntarily gave that up, the work that Jesus did on the cross over 2,000 years ago by letting Satan and temptation and the ways of this world have control over our lives, big or small, whatever the issue might be. So I want you to think with me for a few moments. Have you had a personal Independence Day? From the youngest to the oldest here, it's a relevant question for every single one of us. I, one of the saddest things I've ever experienced has been being at, the, at the, the bedside of someone advanced in years and unsure of their salvation. And racked with fear because they know those final breaths are coming and they're not sure what's going to be on the other side. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And it doesn't have to be that way. You and I can have a great hope a full assurance, a full confidence. How do I know that? I've seen it the other way as well. The Bible promises it, but I've also seen many testimonies of, of individuals been right there in that same situation, and they are walking through and going to take that next step with joy and with hope and with confidence. Because while they may not have answers for every little detail, they know who awaits them. They know where they're going. Their hope is secure. There's no question about it. They settled it long ago. It's been a done issue for them for years and years, and it's just grown stronger in their life. Have you had a personal Independence Day? Are you really free as only Jesus Christ can set you free this morning? He came to set us free from fear. He came to set us free from deception. He came to set us free from anything that is unlike His character. And what do we know about Him? He is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. Are these being borne out in your life? If we put you on trial and said, if we find enough evidence of these things, then we'll know you're a Christian. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? Search our hearts, O oh Lord. See who we are today. Have you had your independence day? Bitterness Guilt, addiction. He came to set us free from all of these things. There's nothing sadder than a person claiming to be a Christian and living in bondage to all of these things. It's no wonder that we would have trouble getting other people to, to come and follow and come and join and come be a part if they look at our lives and say, you claim this, but I only see bondage and oppression and sadness in your life. I don't see the fruit of it. I mean, it would make just as much sense for me to say, come over here and get some oranges off this tree, and you look at that tree and there's no oranges. How excited would you be about oranges? You'd think I've lost my mind. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And praise God, He came to free us from the penalty of sin and the power of of death so that we could walk freely in the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Friends, we live in a nation that is founded on freedom. I am not gullible in the least to know that those freedoms are under attack. And we live in a particular part of that country where those freedoms feel even more under attack. 
But as good as this freedom that we have in this country still to this day is, freedom in Christ is better. And let me tell you one more thing. If you have freedom in Christ, if you lose those other freedoms, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Those freedoms that have been established by men and by authorities and by armies, if they're all taken away tomorrow, you'll be just fine if you have freedom in Christ. Will it be easy? No, it won't be easy. But you will know a peace and a joy and a hope that far outweighs all those other things. Praise His name. Don't waste the opportunity. Here we live in this great nation. We have opportunity to to worship Christ. We have opportunity to seek Him in freedom without any fear whatsoever. That may actually be a detriment instead of a blessing. But while we have it, let us take advantage of it. Make sure you've had your own Independence Day. So, so that you have a day to celebrate, that you have a, a time and a moment in your life to, to always look back to and say, I know where I settled it. I know when I heard God calling. I loved when, when Aubrey was here and she, she shared that there was, there was a journey and she's still on a journey, but there was a moment when she knew she needed to acknowledge, God, I know you're calling me and I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm going to surrender to that and and she did it publicly, and it was, it was a beautiful thing. Have you had an Independence Day? Have you been forgiven? Are you fully surrendered to Him? Has He sanctified you and set you apart as He desires to? He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled Again, with a yoke of bondage. I'm not sure where the message lands for each and every one of us this morning. It's not my place to judge. It's the place of the Holy Spirit to make application in your heart and life. It's our responsibility to be obedient to it. Maybe you're here this morning and as you hear freedom, you just continue to rejoice and say, Praise God because I have that freedom and I know that freedom and it's settled and I rejoice in that. Maybe you're here this morning and it struck a chord in you to say, you know what? If there's a better freedom than the freedom we have in this country, then I want it. And I can't really say that I have it. I can't really say that I have that assurance. We're going to take a moment and and here in just a little bit, we're going to enjoy a time at the Lord's table and communion before we go. I'd like for uh, Cleve or Suzanne one to come and just, uh, just play for a moment. Would you bow with me this morning? When we think about coming to the Lord's table, the Bible instructs us not to, not to do that in an unworthy manner. So one of the ways we're going to pray this morning is that you might have a heart and a mind that is ready to receive the, this meal in a worthy manner. But we're also going to pray that if you need to settle something with the Lord this morning, if you haven't had a personal Independence Day, if you've only been trusting in the, the freedom that's around you or the freedom you see in other people, if you've only been mimicking that, then you have an opportunity this morning to come, pray, answer the call of God. He wants 
to give us freedom. He died for nothing less. He doesn't desire that any of us live with bondage in our life, live with guilt and live with, with uh, addictions or pain or hurt. He, he wants us to be free. So as they play, and with heads bowed, the altars are here. It's a wonderful place. As a young boy, I was reminded that it was a good thing to come publicly because Christ Himself went publicly to a cross for you and me. He died a humiliating death, and He did that publicly. If you need to come this morning, don't wait. Just come on. I can promise you, you'll find Him faithful. He'll meet you. He'll forgive you. He'll set you free. You will know a freedom that the world can't give, that governments can't give, that the authorities and the powers of men can't give, and they can't take it away. And it will be sure and certain for all of eternity as you nurture your faith in the Lord. Father, as we pray... And as you are calling, help us to respond in obedience to you. Anyone here under the sound of my voice that needs to, to respond in obedience to you, that wants, wants to know this freedom, wants it to be settled this morning, that, that there's some doubt or there's some, some worry or some concern, Lord, or they just know they've never had that encounter with you and never truly given their heart and life to you. May it be so this morning. Help us, Lord, to respond as you would have us to, to the invitation today that we would say, I'll go with you. I'll go with you all the way. As we wait for just a moment this morning, I just invite you, come now. We'll pray together, and in a moment of time, you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can be forgiven. You can be set free. If that's you, if anybody in the building needs to come, we're going to wait just a moment because we don't want to take this meal and enjoy this meal with someone still fighting the battle. If that's you, you, need, you come right now as we wait. Amen. Anyone else that needs to come, you just come right ahead. The Spirit of God is in this place and speaking to hearts. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? We're going to wait just a, a moment longer. Some have come and there's a place for you if you need it. Don't walk out of here this morning without knowing the freedom that only Christ can give today. Go out of here with a confidence. I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That can be your testimony today.
You come if you need to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Let's take a moment and pray together with these that have come. If some might want to gather with them, that that's, would be wonderful. Just support and encourage them. What a beautiful thing to know there's peace and there's joy and there's hope. Father in heaven, we rejoice this morning. Your word, your promises, your freedom, your joy that has been shared these that have responded this morning, Lord, maybe others, Lord, uh, in their pews, I, I don't know, but I know that you know how to deal with hearts wherever we're at. And some you call to, to these special moments. And I pray, God, that you would just help them to surrender anything that's holding them back, that Satan, in the powerful name of Jesus, would be driven from their lives. Any, any questions of doubt or worry or fear, would be destroyed and would be delivered in Jesus' name. And Lord, these that might be praying here this morning that just need to say yes to you, here I am, Lord. You can use me. You can have me. I want this freedom that I've heard about. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free. Help me to walk in newness of life and to trust you now. And every day of my life, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you make it so. You have done the work. It's not based on our work or a lifetime of faithfulness to you. It's based on your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Your shed blood that paid for our sins. And, and we believe and confess. And there is eternal life as a result. So we praise you this morning. Thank you for these that have come. Help them, Lord, to know your peace. Help them to have it settled this morning, Lord, that it is well between you and them. There is nothing unconfessed, nothing that doesn't need to be laid before you, Lord. Not about airing our problems to the world, but about being honest and obedient to you. The only one who can save. The only one who sets free. Lord, may they not just be free in this great land, but free in Christ. And we're believing you for that. We're trusting you for that today. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We give you praise. We thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He's good. Amen.
<laughs> Freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord.